Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. Tom Venner, in your work for Al Jazeera English, you did a story this past week about going viral and how Asia is taking on the coronavirus with song and dance. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that story because it was really fascinating. Yeah, yeah, it, it had a lot of interest. So one day earlier this past week, one of my editors at Al Jazeera sent me an email saying she notices she's noticed in her Twitter feed a lot of links to these videos mm. that were sort of happy, happy, as she said, um, <laughs> even though it's about a serious topic. Yeah. All these links to videos and songs about the coronavirus. So she asked me if I would look into it, which I did. And it turned out that a lot of governments, at least here in Asia, ha- have decided to use social media to target younger audiences because younger people consume social media. They don't necessarily read the New York Times sure. or the Washington Post or the Straits Times. but, yeah. or, but or watch TV for that matter, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I started looking into it and, and I was just amazed at how these governments are proactively working with local artists, creative artists, mm. to, to create these messages to reach young people. So right now, the, the, the biggest one, the most popular one, were a couple of videos out of Vietnam. Right. So first, the Vietnamese health officials worked with an artist, um, a lyricist, to, to do a rewrite of a song called Jen. Okay. Um, Jen is a, is a word that means jealousy. And there was a popular song, I think in 2017, a big V-pop hit. I love saying that. So they rewrote the song, and the words were now Jen Kovai, which sort of means... So Jen means jealousy, and so Jed Kovai basically likens the coronavirus to a rival, uh, which it is. It's trying to stay alive, and it's yeah. trying to use you to stay alive. Yeah. So that became a big hit. It went viral online. And then a choreographer, a dance artist, did his own, created his own dance routine for that song. So that became another hit, and now there are all these sort of everyday people posting their own versions of the dance and, and having fun. And, and John Oliver, the show of, what is his show called? Last Week Tonight, I think. Um, this on, Week. This Week this Tonight. Week to, yeah. yeah. Okay. On, on his show, he, he, he did the dance and, <laughs> and, and, and gave it some more pub- publicity. What are some of the other countries that are doing these? Uh... So uh, there's a good one in Bangkok. The Bangkok train service has a video of the crew on the trains just wiping things down mm. and dancing around, having a good time, mm. just tr- trying to show everyone how clean they're trying to and, and sanitize. They're trying to make the trains. Yeah, well, a different style was here in Singapore. There was a kind of more sartorial, uh, yes. you know, to a couple of people talking about the need to yes. practice social distancing and good hygiene. That yeah, yeah, a different they, approach to it. A different approach. They they did approach a comedian here whom I was not familiar with, Gurmit Singh, mm. who, who did a who very did popular a, TV show. What's that? A very popular TV yes. show. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, that shows you how I'm. <laughs> Not culturally literate, but yeah, he um, he did a video. But yeah, they, they've had Singapore has had more more serious messages. Well, there are a few points that are made in in, in the piece that I just want to briefly mention, and one is actually made by you. I I wanted to reach out to a few media um, experts, media practitioners, and I asked you about this. And your point, which was very good, was that Vietnam is a very young country. I think half the population is under thirty. Yeah. So yeah. this is a really smart way to reach half the country. Yeah. For, for Vietnam. I asked uh, a few academics who've studied health issues and how they are communicated. One of them made the point. I asked one of them, is, are, we, are we making light of a serious issue? Yeah. Are young people going to see this and say, oh, you know, coronavirus isn't all that serious? And, mm. and her answer was no, as long as it's done right. 
young people, as we said, do not necessarily read the New York Times or other papers or watch TV. And so they need a, they need a way to, to comprehend the message and to share the message. Yeah. And Tom, any indication from the people that you spoke with about how they can judge the effectiveness of these uh, public service announcements? If, they're, if, they're, if there's any, are they going to take any surveys or figure out you know, are they really hitting home? Are they really doing the job they're supposed to do? That's a good question. I think we don't know right now. We just know that people are talking about these. And another point that was made by another academic in the piece was that each country has to decide what's – these messages play differently culture by culture. So yeah. maybe that's why Singapore is more fact-based hmm. um, and, and not lighthearted. And, and Japan, too, has has videos that are – um, more informational than anything else. Yeah. But that that's a really good question, and, and, and I think at some point it would be good to know the answer, but I, I don't know – I, I don't know that anyone right now knows that. I suppose in one, you know, one metric, one measure would be just the number of shares it's getting on social yeah. media, the number of, of buzz it's creating there. So that probably is a, a it's a good indicator that at least it's resonating yeah. at, at some level yeah. with people. Yeah. Uh, and Tom, last um, uh, last week, the the Prime Minister, Prime Minister Lee Sin Lung, uh, gave a speech here in Singapore, kind of the latest on the update. Uh, you know, basically saying, look, this this could be with us for a while. The COVID nineteen could be with us. We need to, you know, hunker down. And uh, as you look at the communication that we've seen from the Singapore government versus what we know about what's been said overseas, some of the overseas governments, what strikes you about the level of, uh, of transparency and communication here uh, uh, across the board? It's just been amazing. Singapore has been completely transparent. Um, the prime minister, when he addresses the, the, the country, he is, he is, um, Sober and honest and calm, doesn't pretend to know to have all the answers. Um, and there, you can go online and see, you know, where the where the clusters are, how many cases there are. Um, it's the, Singapore has been really has handled this in a really admir- admirable way. Yeah. Um, but I also I was saying before the show, um, my wife and I and friends were um, went out to listen to some music last night at a bar and here in Singapore, and it was packed. Hmm. And, and so on the one hand, Singapore is getting a lot of, a lot of credit for, for, for doing all the right things and preparing people. But we also don't want to um, take it for granted that we're safe. I've heard of people back in the day, back when SARS hit, and what was that, 2003? Mm-hmm. I've heard of Americans who just left Singapore. Just yeah. left, yeah. and and I don't think you want to do that now because where are you going? It's it's not you know it's, unless it's, you have a private island somewhere, right? We're we're probably safest in Singapore. Yeah, I think Singapore has done really really well. You know, I'm happy to be here as a journalist, Tom. You know, the and a news junkie, a fellow news junkie. This story, as for all the obvious reasons, you know, completely dominated the news cycle. Yeah, um, it's it's. It's hard to find stories about anything else. <laughs> you know, this morning when I was doing the news, I had to search for a story about this couple that was released from, you know, in, in Mali uh, after being held <laughs> captive since 2018, you know. And, and uh, it was it, – it's hard to find other stories or something – or a story that doesn't have a COVID-19 relationship somehow. Yeah. Uh, you know, as a journalist, what, what are you seeing? Are you seeing any other stories that are surfacing that – that are non-COVID-19 related that you think are interesting, fascinating, maybe not getting as much uh, mm-hmm. as much due as they should? 
I would say no. Um, I, I think this is the most important story, and there are more, far more questions than answers. Yeah. Um, how have um, people dealt with past epidemics? Um, what should we be doing? Um, what should we be telling our kids? Um, there's just a lot of pandemonium um, going on. Some some students at the college where I live um, here in Singapore are coming home today. Yeah. They're, 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 they're overseas and they're coming home today. Um, this is affecting everything and affecting everyone. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's we have some trying times ahead of us. Mm. Um, you know, most of us didn't grow up in under dire conditions that that we may be that that we may be facing. You know, we didn't grow up. Um, I didn't grow up at a time when there were you know rationings of supplies, food shortages. Um, yeah. Um, the um, Mark Shields, who's a commentator on PBS NewsHour, was um, yesterday talking about um, life during World War II. Sure. And and how there were um, victory gardens to because there was a shortage of food, a shortage of everything, meat, sugar, yeah, butter, alcohol, yeah, yeah. Um, and people and and so people would have their own gardens and they called them victory gardens. And um, I think a third at one point in time, a third of the country's vegetables were produced by people just you know pitching in, hmm. um, having a, a, a spirit of togetherness and and. Um, and, and working together to, to be part of the solution. And, and of course, you know, that, that spirit here that, that's often referred to as the kampong spirit, you know, yeah. the old kampongs of, of the olden days in Singapore. And, and over the years, there have been many programs uh, by the government and in the community to try to revive that spirit. We haven't seen so much of that yet surfacing in relation to COVID-19. But I would think at some point, you know, that kind of homegrown, let's Let's stick together, be safe, but also let's figure out some of our own solutions. I, I think it seems to me like that would be surfacing at some point. Yeah, yeah. You know, what, what, what can we do? Um, you know, we can understand that, you know, our neighbors might be elderly and they need to be checked on. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're having trouble, um, you know, getting to the grocery store, getting food. Um, you know, younger people who know how to use the Internet can help them. To understand how to go online and, and, and buy things, yeah, yeah. Um, or just get, get information about what's happening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the I, I think um, I, I think there are things we could do, and 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 the first thing is to be empathetic toward each other. Um, there are bad things that could happen too. You know, mm. people are getting desperate. Mm. Um, you know, I know in the U.S., people are um, selling. You know, they're trying to sell. Um, all these cleansers, um, you know, sanitizers, cleansers um, at, at exorbitant prices. They're just they're trying to profiteer mm. off off the crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, people are scared, and and people tend to do stupid, desperate things um, at times. And and so this this could take a turn for the worse. So mm. um, I think we all have to pay attention and, and care. And I guess that's why there there aren't too many. Um, other things to talk about right now. Yeah. I mean, in the U.S., there, there are a few other things, and one is the the U.S. election, which I think is going to take a back seat. Right. Um, I think um, it's pretty much settled now. We have we know that President Trump is going to run on the Republican side, and it's pretty clear Joe Biden is going to be the Democratic nominee. But you know, we tend to focus a lot on elections, but maybe elections aren't as important right now, and and they're going to. Um, 
They're going to take a back seat. Well, of course, we're looking at a potential election here. Uh, it could even happen in the next couple of months if uh, yeah. recent comments are any indication. Uh, it certainly has to happen before May 2021. Uh, so we'll be looking out uh, for that as well. Tom, as you look forward on the news cycle on this particular story, what do you think will be the, the, the more important trending stories that we might see in the coming week or weeks? Uh, uh, you know, obviously the numbers in the U.S., the testing in the U.S. is going to be a big story. Uh, anything that you can imagine or that you think might be uh, stories that we should maybe keep an eye out for? In the U.S. or in Singapore? I would say in Singapore, but things that affect Singapore that could be global. I, I, I think everything is still unfolding and just we're, we're learning what's going on. We're learning how to deal with it. I, I, I think that that continues to be. Thank you so much for joining me this morning on Weekend Mornings. Oh, this was fun. Yeah. Thank you so much. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.